Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why I'm your favorite podcast platform. Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report, not the Comedy Bureau Field Report as I intended in March 2020. Guess what, guys? This is the 200th time I'm saying this stupid intro. Hell yeah. And I got $15 from my network for ads. Yes. Can I even afford a sandwich with tip? Probably not. No. Um, no, if you want a good one anyway. Um, that'll be a thing that I have to unpack on my own. So I will leave you guys away from that. But on to this week's amazing, amazing guest. Uh, I in in LA's burgeoning clown scene as seen in KCRW's write-up uh a star of clown in Los Angeles and a wonderful person please get up for Natasha Mercado everybody thank you thank you so much absolutely uh how's it going Natasha it's going good you know I'm very energized by our pre-pod talk so. yes yes <laughs> I'm in it I'm in yeah. it already it's a warm up. It's a it's a non stupid improv warm up. Yeah. I'm not making you freestyle rap or free associate or whatever the hell Harold teams are doing. I mean freestyle rapping that's pretty cool too. Yeah, but if people can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. it's painful. Oh, I always love doing hot spot like going to the middle and singing at the top of your lungs and everyone has to copy you. Yeah. I mean, yes, that can be fun, but on the outside looking in, I I, I think I'm, what I'm what's coming up in the service for me is like walking by the clubhouse and seeing people do warm up outside on the street, and I'm like, guys, oh yeah, this is cringe. This Aww. is really cringe. Yeah. What do they say? Don't don't kill, don't kill what you're cringing at. Kill the part of you that cringes. Sure. That's, that's what's in the the memes now yeah what what is is that just a text meme or is there visuals associated no that's like a thing like look it up yeah there's like a bunch of them that say this Uh, sure oh don't get me wrong i (laughs) (laughs) i'm somebody who will dance on the dance floor by themselves i don't give a shit yeah 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 i will say though i don't know uh i um i guess I would probably self-identify as a cool person, ugh. But it what? also it feel like I feel weird about that. Also, I don't know. I'm pretty sure people think I'm cool. On what? Yeah. On what grounds can you identify as a cool person? Well, that's the thing. I feel like if you self-identify as a cool person, you're automatically uncool. <gasps> okay. So is that what you're doing? No, I don't see the. <laughs> I, I, I it's weird. I think there's like a gray area of it. I like so I dress the way that I dress and present the way that I present because it makes me feel good, regardless of people's validation or not. But people give me a lot of it and I'm not going to say no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. Feels nice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. When you are in your lane and you don't care, then you inherently become right thing is clown cool or not wow oh my god because chad damiani would say no and everything we do is embarrassing no it's not i don't think it's cool i i mean but i think it's i i think i say that a lot like Mm -hmm. because i think they're we're humans right and we do like weird cringy things and we do bad things to each other and we treat each other poorly, blah, 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 blah. And like, so that comes into, you know, dynamics sometimes and like, oh, who's cool, who's not cool, who's worth like talking to or like, oh, excuse me, sorry, I have to go talk to someone. Like that type of stuff Mm -hmm. is not cool. So like, I feel like I remind people like in my classes too, like what we're doing isn't cool. So we might as well be like kind to each other. There's nothing about like squirming around on the floor that- right like (laughs) exactly i think but this i think this is the counterintuitive thing about being cool it's like you say that right and then 
you are now inherently cool. Because you're like, what we do isn't cool. It's pure. Just enjoy it for what it is. Be present. Um, Instead of worrying about chasing this self-conceived notion of what cool is. Yeah. Um, Which I don't personally think is cool. Yeah, it is. It isn't cool. But like people go to clown and think it's cool. Like the audience thinks it's cool. And that's why they keep that. How do you know they think it's cool? Because a, I talk to other people that keep going to clown, <laughs> and they okay. like they love it. Uh-huh. Uh, also, uh, I have yet to have a clown show at Lyric do bad. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's like all well attended and great vibes. Yeah, I think yeah. that counts as cool. Counts for something, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's very not everyone wants to be seen in that way but i do see how like people can appreciate others taking that on right and then there's a certain subset that think you think you guys are like punk rock in a way because you're sort of if we think of sort of live comedy and the paradigm of sketch stand-up and improv that like clown kind of dismisses a lot of those notions uh, of those very traditional forms and they're in a way that can feel punk rock and in it feeling being punk rock from the outside looking in people are like that's so cool well what i think is funny about that is clown is the most traditional form of i know isn't it ironic you know it's like the seed of all of this Mm -hmm. so it's funny for it to just like go back around and also it never went away like for me personally my taste all my favorite comedians before i even knew like clown was a, a thing they, in hindsight, they're all clowns. They all like know what makes them laugh. They're very physical. They're very like emotionally like available. Like that has always been my taste. And then like clown just gave- you want to name some folks? Name name names. Name na- um, give me name. Yeah, name names. I mean, like Steve Carell. Oh, my first crush, Steve O. <laughs> And like literally a trained clown, like yeah. ring circus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes so much sense in hindsight of like, oh my God, because he's such a doofus. And like that was like cute to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and improvisers too. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Who does the Dead Eyes podcast? Uh Connor Ratliff. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. One of my favorite improvisers of all time. Like on the stepfathers. Yeah. Incredible. And he's such a clown. I don't know if he identifies that way at all, but like he is. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, uh, now that we're kind of in, in the, in the thick of it, how would you define clown? Um, Or what is clown to you? And this is a question that Natasha will ask at her shows of the audience. That's yes. <laughs> That's funny that you noticed that. Um, yeah, I was in I, the audience and I answered. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I do do that pretty consistently because I'm just curious, like, sure. who are these people that showed up and are watching this thing? And they do, and do they even know what it is? I guess what I said on Chad's podcast is um, it's practiced or like practically trained. Right. Authenticity. Right. And connection that can transcend performance right yeah what a nice answer thanks i think i gave a similar sort of answer when you asked at your show mostly because like you asked it and there was like crickets (laughs) yeah and i'm like she wants an answer i'll give an answer like i try to not to be participatory in the show because i feel like i know it's almost cheating yeah yeah because like i professionally write about comedy but whatever, you're there in the room too, though, you know, like the experiences with you. Right. I think I said something effective, like it's a celebration of like human vulnerability through like embracing failure. Oh my God, that's a really nice answer too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I off pod, I told Natasha that I have sort of a blunt answer because some people don't like having $5 words shoved down their throat yeah uh and i'm like uh, okay it's artsy fartsy fucking with the audience okay oh i love that 
my more blunt one is uh it's improv without the fourth wall sure <laughs> but i yeah. like artsy fartsy fucking with the audience yeah <laughs> that's more i think in the vein of it right because there's like stand-ups who fuck with the audience very aggressively and sometimes it's not it's like very ill-conceived and simplistic and or antagonistic it's very antagonistic a lot of the time but yeah. with clown there there is nuance there's finesse there's listening involved but you're still there's still like this interactive part that is very cheeky and just like yeah we're messing with you yeah yeah well because i'd say the clown like at least to me the archetype of the clown like cares about the audience and at right. the end of the day like loves the audience and wants to be loved by the audience right where like in that stand-up antagonistic way it's kind of like oh fuck you whatever this is my show right like right oh you're trying to fuck with me i'll fuck with you dude fuck you yeah <laughs> it's like oh okay right you know? and that's yeah. where ironically if i see somebody do that and they don't protest too much i just cackle just kind of maniacally like oh this is just it's gonna get worse <laughs> yeah it's only yeah. gonna yeah you're not doing yourself any favors no, because you can fuck with them if they like you. Yeah, that's the thing is like you can be antagonistic if they like you already, yeah. but you got to do that first. Yeah. And then that's kind of what the joke is. It's like, why we like you and you're now being mean. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is like, is so exciting. You But right. you have to at least start from this foundation of, I care what you think. And some people like cannot do not want to admit that to anyone right. right and well that's that's their that's their own journey yeah yeah um for our listeners who perhaps aren't acquainted what is the scope of what you do these days with clown what i'm doing right now is i'm uh i'm performing a lot so i'm i'm making my second solo show which is really exciting it has some uh, dits coming up at a certain theater doesn't it uh-huh i have uh, three <laughs> shows coming up at the lyric hyperion at the lovely lyric on uh, january 30th 31st and february 1st yes if you like to go bed early go on wednesday oh, on wednesday yes all my bed early friends are like thank you for the 5 30 oh my god these the, i i I honor them. Their life is valid, but oh my God, <laughs> like get over yourself. 930 is not late, guys. Uh, yeah, but I think you and I both go to bed at like 2 a.m., no? Yes. Yeah, we're like raccoon people. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, that show is I'm Number One Son. Yeah. Uh, you want to, what, what's Number One Son about? Number one son follows uh, um, this guy named Father Greg Orion, like Gregorian chant, and he's a sexy priest. And he's trying to figure out why God made him his sexiest son. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, what being number one is, being the sexiest. Well, that's, you got to watch the show. You got to watch the out. show. Mm -hmm. Um. It's also kind of a cheeky reference to like um, something that happens in my other show, Tree, that I'm like building off of. Really? Yes. Yes. There's a. For the tree the, heads out there. There's a Natasha Mercado clown universe that you're trying to create. Yes, actually, yes. <laughs> that would be the NMCU. Yeah. Yeah. The NMCU, yeah. Should I say it? It's kind of spoilers, but it's kind of fun. I mean, uh, you can't. It's up to you. We can get an exclusive no, here. That'd be you cool. didn't sound too. I, no, I'll save it. I'll save it then. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Well, yeah. are you gonna do Tree again? So, I want to do Tree again. I would love to do Tree again. Um, I think I what just... you need to do is have number one son finish that, then have a third solo show, and then you have to do all three of the trilogy and. A trilogy all at once yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well if i did tree again i would do it as like a fundraiser for number one son and maybe i would make chad do tree oh me. yeah that'd be fun oh yeah, that yeah. truly that was actually one of the funnest things i've ever seen is um natalie doing bills 
No, well, that was fun, but I saw Phil do Laid with Natalie live directing. And the yeah. thing is, like, Natalie can get to, like, a real point of vulnerability that Phil can't. So the Laid has a lot of those moments, and when they were called upon, like Phil just can't do it. So like <laughs> Natalie was just laying into him. That's so yeah. I wish I could have seen that. I love um the Banana Brothers show so much. Bill's show is so great. Oh sure. Oh, it, Natalie, I, so funny. Yeah, I think I've seen it under so many different names. Yes. Yeah. 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 And what a show. Um yeah, if you guys thought you've seen comedy with slipping on bananas, you haven't seen anything yet. No. Yeah. Oh, and I'm directing. I I have two show. I have two shows that I directed that are also going to Edinburgh. I am co-directing Veronica Osorio's show, Medicine, Medicine. Woman, a, and then sh I, a Venezuelan shamanic clown show. Yes, and then I directed Alex Kearns. Thank you so much for coming, and she's right. also going to Edinburgh. It's oh, interesting. They're both coming up at the Lyric Hyperion. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Everyone's at the Lyric. Everyone loves the Lyric. I, me too. I'm glad. I mean, if you guys aren't read in on this, I am the artistic director at the Lyric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that is why people love it, and there's a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, yeah. and then also working on this Toonie Loon show. Yes. A yeah. G-rated clown show, which the genesis of was um, me remembering the first time I saw Phil, which was at this place called Club Fadodo, which I don't think exists anymore. And he just did a piece where it was just entrances and exits. And it was like done so innocently and he didn't say anything. And it was just so funny. And it, he wasn't trying to be clean or family friendly necessarily, but like that's what it, I mean, objectively is. And then I never saw Phil do anything that remotely clean ever again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everything else was like either naked or sticking something in somebody <laughs> or, you know, licking or whatever, which is cool and fun and hilarious. Um, and Clown Zoo definitely is taking cues from that. Natalie uh, Palomitas and Chad Damiani are great. And so Courtney Pro, I like, it's very horny, a lot of clown, which is- Very horny. <laughs> very, very horny, uh, which is great. Uh, and we, cele we celebrate that as yeah. Natasha puts her face in her paw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing, guys. It really is embarrassing. <laughs> Well, we say we're not cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, absolutely. But uh, with, with it, like, sometimes I feel like it's almost like it could be a crutch. Like, okay, you guys can't just always get naked or stick somebody's something up somebody's butt. I know, but butts are funny. So it's hard. But right. yeah, I think it, it and it's so funny that like you thought of that because that's um, of doing like clean clown because I also teach kids and yes. I teach kids with the unusual suspects nonprofit. Uh -huh. I think have we talked about this a little bit and like for those kids, who don't know, put tell tell them about um unusual suspects. Unusual suspects. Um, we go uh to more in need communities and we bring theater. And so I teach kids um what I teach adults like how to devise theater and you know secretly like how to connect with your clown and stuff and they're so good at it and I work with incarcerated youth as well um and it's really inspiring and it's really hard and yeah they're just like the perfect clowns they keep me young they keep you young What's yeah that? and like they're the most like marginalized like people you know like right. we have to like take care of kids and um yeah making stuff like because they know they know a lot they see it all they're just like beautiful little mirrors that sometimes have like deep dark sensibilities you know that they're like interested in horror and they ask the big questions and um I I don't think it's like what's hard about making theater for kids or even interacting with kids is that they demand presence and truth from you oh if you're if you're not willing to go there they're just like okay bye they rather right. look at their ipad you know right at every given second if for a second you like just 
slip away from that, they'll call you out. Yeah. Which is beautiful because they're like, hello, wake up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There was a kid at the Toonie Loon show that we just did this past weekend who was, he kept saying like, because you kept saying, oh, we're going to do an episode of Looney Tunes. Like, oh, I thought it was an episode of Toonie Loons. <laughs> yes. That kid, yeah. that kid is like kind of a jackass who will almost undoubtedly be a stand up. Amazing. No, amazing. It's so yeah. good. Or like the other kid who was like heckling uh, Julio so mm -hmm. badly. It was like, you don't own a business. Like, <laughs> you look like Mr. Clean, Mr. <laughs> Toothpaste Man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or the very first. Okay, so it's a clean clown show where we have a cast anywhere from like five to eight and they do individual pieces usually in costume in a character that Natasha live directs and oh this... those are pieces yeah that they've done in my soft clown class that were uh, still like yeah, yeah. yeah. and um this latest one we did was at 3 30 in the afternoon so there was a bunch of kids there and the first guy who went up his name's Jacob he went as this mounty character and he had a horse and the first thing the kids said were like why does your horse have pink eye <laughs> <laughs> which is great it's such a gift so funny because immediately it just cracks the room open of uh -huh. like we're all here you know and it's like you're not gonna ignore that no That's you can't no yeah. the room erupted in laughter and I think all the parents were like are they allowed to do that and it's like <laughs> yeah they yeah. are yeah yeah all the performers, I mean, they were like, whoa, that was really fun. They right. had never experienced anything like that. And then there was definitely kids who we got to a point of like, why do you why do you exist? Why? Why? Oh, why? In the end, yes, a child screamed out, promote violence or something. Yeah. And we all were like, boo. Right. And we were trying to wrap up the episode um, and someone mentioned the word justice and then a kid the very soft voice was like but what but what does justice actually mean <laughs> oh and then we started chanting why does justice exist and yep. then they started making their exits why does justice exist and then as they were like leaving as the last person was like crossing the curtain threshold a kid screamed out but why do we exist What's interesting is so we had these kids heckle. I mean, they just kind of wanted to talk. They wanted to be part of the show. And that's and credit to you. You led them. You led them in at the top of the show. Like, it's almost like you did like a warm up exercise with them or something. Oh, yeah. Warming up the audience. Yeah. Like they, that you don't or shouldn't do with adults because we did this show the first time we did it we did it at 9 30 p.m on a friday on a friday i think the youngest person there was like 24 20 no 20. they're 20 oh yeah. they're 20 because that person is now in your class yep mm -hmm. yes um they came up to me afterwards and they were asking about classes and we just walked them. yeah yeah but that's a different dynamic where it's still clean and family friendly but people are we're all wondering how clean are they gonna be yeah it that's the game they have to play yeah i like so how do you feel how do you feel in the differences between the two dynamics of the same show um i i mean i love like all the performers that i work with like to their credit they're all so funny and just like and tender and interesting and kind and so to see them when they're on stage in front of the adults all the adults i think just like fall in love with them and are like oh my god rooting for them look right. at them these beautiful innocent clowns right. and then suddenly they're in front of the like, kids and they're like oh <laughs> yeah being accosted by these children right and you know it's 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 sweet to see them sweat in that way because sure. obviously they're still safe 
Right. Um, but like they all walked away being like, uh, like I have to be a better clown, right. like for the kids, you know. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, go ahead. It's not a step to the side moment. It's like a step up moment. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm imagining Kenna. Oh, Kenna. Kenna, if she was in the kids one, she would not stop giggling. I think she oh, would just giggle. No, she the whole... would crumble like feta cheese. <laughs> She'd be done for. It's so funny. I love Kenna so much. Yeah. Because Kenna could barely keep it together for her adult one. I, I know. That, and the whole bit was she was just playing. She brought up this whole big thing. <laughs> It was like drums drawn on cardboard and she was just going to play them. Yes. And the first time she drew it on cardboard, she like left it outside for a second and her neighbors threw it away. And you saw it was, it was like a four by like three foot thing. It's bigger than an actual drum set. Yes. And they threw it away and then she drew another one. And that was the second one she used. And yeah. Yeah. And she's (laughs) a little drummer. So silly. So, oh so yeah, silly. yeah, very very silly. Um, there was maybe one person who did both shows, right? Mary, I think. Oh, Mary did both shows. Jake did both. Yeah, shows. Yeah, Jake did both Mount shows. Jake. How do you think they adapted? Mary told me that she loved being with the kids. Right. She, you know, she she's a newer clown, but she's and such. She loves clown. weapons. She loves weapons. <laughs> Both times so of this funny. show, where this is supposed to be a family-friendly clown show, <laughs> Mary employed the use of a cardboard cut out of a weapon. Of a gun. A gun She's and a ninja star, like the first one? Yeah. Yes, and also a gun. Yeah. <laughs> a small Uzi she made yeah. a gun. Yeah. Right. But... She, yeah, she's such a natural. I love her so much. And she texted me being like, oh, my God, I love being with the kids because there's no like guessing how they feel about you. Right. And she's like, they liked all the surprises I was doing. They like this. I'm like, adults like it, too. You know, and so it's like just getting up that confidence, too, of like kids like what adults like right. and adults. Maybe they can laugh at the butt stuff, but it like it, it makes you stronger to figure out, OK, what else can I do? that's like more universal and more accessible at the end of the day you know right right absolutely and that's the thing i mean definitely you can feel it be family friendly when there's like 30 kids there but when it was just adults um and that one person who couldn't drink um (laughs) it just felt innocent it didn't feel like like capital f family friendly but that's the thing i think it's kind of like we talk about this conversation of cool right Right, it's right yeah it's still it's still funny and and calling it family friendly i think like is a good litmus test for like well if you can't hang then don't you know (laughs) yeah yeah for sure (laughs) i mean i would like to eventually see people like chad and natalie try to do the show yeah 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 as in i'm and i have full faith that they can do it of course of course yeah but it's again it's just such a i feel like that's just so not a given when you when you're gonna go to like a clown show in la you feel like you're gonna see something like really horny Yeah, yeah yeah and so yeah to see them have to have to deal with this obstruction would be fun yeah I would love to have Chad in there. They used to do, you know, they would do their clown zoo in the park. Right. And that I think they sometimes would, um, Chad was telling me like a, like a gay school group would come and they would have to really button it up. For the kids. <laughs> right. But, Cause they would do it at noon on a Wednesday. In a park. Which, yeah. And then Chad started doing night zoo, which was, I was told don't tell people about this like public yeah which was like it's at night and uh you know it's in the griffith park so like whatever light was there was like flashlights that other volunteers held and that's a chance for them to be a little more naughty yeah yeah but um yeah that was kind of their it was it was really wild to see when there wasn't um a kids group or whatever 
Yeah. For them to be crazy at noon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that so fun. Yeah. yeah. You teach clown. What goes into teaching clown, Natasha? What goes into teaching clown? Um, I think a lot of uh holding space, holding space for people to be like on this uncomfortable unraveling, you know, yeah. and this like big moment of introspection, but like in front of each other and right in front of virtually strangers, you know, like you right. know people in a class context, right? But you don't know them outside, and so it's it's hard. You have to like. I think when you feel called to clown in a big way and you want to like take it seriously, you have to grapple with like, okay, like why, like, who am I? Right. What do people see when they see me? How can I play with that? And like, how do I stay honest with like what actually makes me like happy? How do I let myself be seen? Right. Even when I'm not having a good time when I'm sure. failing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How um how does that practically look like in a class? Like, do you put people, do you at, like, are you they bringing pre conceived pieces, or are they just going up cold, or and then you live direct? So I have um I have my soft clown intensive that's a two day, and where the first day is like um practicing more in depth skills of like just listening and creating rapport with each other and rapport with the audience. And then the second day is like devising material. So people actually like create their first clown bit, um, like a five minute clown piece. And they're always so funny by the end of it. Um, and on that day, that's when I do more live directing with them. Right. Um, but like in the six week one, we get to really dive into like, uh, yeah into entrances and exits like I give them I like giving people the casual clown vocab that I've picked up right because I feel like it's very fashionable here to be like in LA at least to be like we're not technical and it's like but those technical things help us understand what the fuck is going on you right. know as so. Natasha mimes smoking a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, if you know if you if you have technique you're not funny and it's like well it's literally just a word for something that people will do. Right. They just don't know how to describe what they're doing. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know what I notice is people who are learning clown, the note that keeps to, seems to keep coming up at, like, at least live direct shows is that they don't look at the audience enough. Oh, Yes. What is that? Is it still just like they're still embarrassed and they're embarrassed to like see the audience when ever when without fail that almost always gets like response. Yeah, I know. Because then you can see them. You can see like their point of view of what's going on. You can see their cracks like you literally see their humanity and then you love them and you laugh. Right. But like if they are looking down at the ground or if they're like, can I they just keep their eyes closed? <laughs> yeah like yeah like I feel like that struggle in Kenna is such a beautiful metaphor for all of this because it's like Kenna's being so sweet and silly but literally closing her eyes because yes. she's afraid yes. <laughs> she's, she's afraid of how they're receiving her but how she's being received is with like open like open hearts and arms and like right, yeah. right. so it's like let us you know let us like give us the honor of seeing you and yes. like let us see it so we can love it you know right all right how is it like um working with incarcerated kids like when you mentioned that to me the first time i thought like is there is there like a hill that you have to get over where they're like this is stupid i this is uh, why are we doing this or are they like really open to it yeah uh i am a very sensitive person I'm a... yeah you teach a class called soft clown <laughs> natasha i mean i'm phrase... a notoriously <laughs> sensitive person so right. like going into these spaces where you see like kids literally like in like locked up it's so uncomfortable right. and it's so like oh my god i don't want to do anything punitive 
I don't want to add to this. I hate this. I feel for them because like all of these kids that are here are brilliant, like radiant and interesting. And like, um, they're overachievers. Like I got really good advice one time from a parole officer was like, they're overachievers. They're really good at what they do. They're just on the other side of the spectrum with like, what's okay to do. Right. And so because they're overachievers, they get really frustrated at things when they're not good at it right away. And because I think they're in such structured environments where it's like, you have to do what I say because I said it. If we present them with like uh, an agenda for the day that seems a little too rigid or structured, immediately they're out. So it's like, yes, there's lots of resistance, but then there's lots of like beautiful moments when we're me and like whoever the teaching artist that I'm with that day, like when we meet them where they're at and they have all these stories in them they do the best improv ever the funniest improv not g-rated improv i bet not <laughs> they do amazing object work uh-huh. amazing like they are so talented oh and they actually yeah i uh the elysian theater and unusual suspects are gonna hopefully start doing some stuff together amazing um, yeah. yeah so I'm really excited for that. But it's like, I I got this really good advice from this parole officer because I was like experiencing some, you know, pushback, understandably so. I'm a woman going into this space that's like more male dominated right. and patriarchal. And uh, like, I was like, hey, this is how I usually make my money. Like doing the soft clown workshop that says like unapologetic vulnerability, wholeheartedness and absurdity, you know, like so soft, so, right. so soft. Uh-huh. And he's like, you literally have to do the opposite of that when you're in that space. Right. But again, going back to the cool thing, it's like, then when I start to set more boundaries, right. And like, not bring up this, like, not bring up other things for them because I'm more in my power that lets them access their vulnerability more easily. So always both, you know, it just like, it's a balance but it's I think with adults at least it's like being soft to them is how to get them in it but with like these this different different group of kids yeah it's like you have to show that you are a healed adult with boundaries and like it's okay to go there because this is like a this is a safe container you know right yeah amazing that's really really amazing um, I hope you get to do a show. I is that what you're getting? Is a show at the Elysian to just see that, you know? I don't know if it's a show. I think like um, I mean, these kids like they're so funny. Um, and they're the perfect people to like come and make theater, you know, like really interesting, like funny theater. Right. Um, so I I'm not sure. I just in- introed them. So I hope it goes well. There's like lots of like little synchronicities and connections there that just was like, oh yeah, Jacqueline, you got to meet Anissa from Unusual Suspects. This is like great. So, yeah. Uh, did you have a moment where you felt like you fought, like connected with them? Because, you know, there is sort of a barrier of entry, like both figuratively and literally. With them? Yeah. Oh, the, um, the youth house teaching? Yeah. I felt... I felt super connected to them. Okay. It's just like not getting beat up on by them too. Oh, were they were they heckling you, Natasha? Yeah, they were heckling me. <laughs> yes, this is not my first rodeo. Someday it was nothing compared to like teaching these guys for 12 weeks. You know, it really tests like, am I okay with myself? Like, <laughs> like you know, because kids, like kids, not even just the boys that I was teaching, but kids, they'll be like, Miss, you look tired. Miss, why are you wearing that? Miss, like, this is not fun. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay. Like, let's do something else. But it's like, you know what? Thank you for the direct feedback because now I can change. Like, yeah, it's fine. I can't change if I look tired, but yes, you're right. <laughs> I am tired. I'm very fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> And then when you accept that, what do they say in return? 
they move on. They and don't they care. Yeah. I'll think about it for the rest of my day. Uh, I'll talk about it on a podcast. Mm, they, don't, they have no idea that they no. said this. No. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, in the same class, they'll come up to me and like give me a hug and be like, oh, thank you, miss. You're my best friend. I'll be like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a way to make up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess with that in mind, the economics of clown is like, you make you make a living off of teaching classes and then doing yeah yeah thankfully got in this groove somehow was that a long walk to that destination yeah (laughs) (laughs) how long was it (laughs) (laughs) how long um well like I graduated college and then I was uh, my first gig was at UCB as like a salesperson. And so I was like selling improv workshops. I wasn't teaching them, but I would like be in on the curriculum building and be in on like talking to all kinds of different people of like, okay, this is what we want to work on. Like what exercises help. Um, So I got like my producer uh, reps in very quickly. And then when all of us got laid off from UCB in that reply all email. <laughs> uh, in 2020? In 2020, yeah. on March 14th, the literal first day of lockdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, yes, I do. Re- I'm, I don't even, I've never worked at UCB, but I do remember this email. Yes. Yeah. Um, They're like, apply for unemployment now. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but I taught or I I worked there for five years and it gave me so much good experience with just kind of like you got to talk to people and you got to and people like when you're passionate about what you do. And so it, it always felt like a very fulfilling job for me because I was like, I do believe in improv and I do believe in theater. And um, it's like it's very subversive to be silly in these more corporate spaces. So right. like this is a good thing. Um but then from there, yeah, I just got by like chance. I did a virtual improv jam with the Stomping Ground Theater in Dallas, and they asked me to teach. And I was like, oh, yeah, but can I teach clown? And they're like, yeah. So I started virtually teaching clown there. And then I was like really good at it. And then they um, they let me co-teach this workshop with a therapist for the Alzheimer's Association called Playful Mindfulness. And it was for caregivers and um, their loved ones who had either early stage dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, and just, I started making my solo show. And by the time like we were out of quarantine, I just like hit the ground running. I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna work for a theater anymore. I'm gonna like do my own Amazing. theater stuff. Yeah. Amazing. And that solo show, that was Tree? That was Tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is uh toured and played Edinburgh, right? Yeah, well it it did really, really well in the North American like fringe circuit. It did really well in Canada and here in the US. And yeah. And I felt a little sad. I was like, oh no, am I betraying tree by making another show? But then I started doing the show. I was like, no, this is right. Like right. everything I learned in tree helps this, you know. And you can always do tree again. I mean, every now and again, like people just do their old shows. Yeah. It's not like you're banned from doing it. I know. You get so emotionally, you know, connected to these things where. I I can only imagine because it's, I think in a lot of ways is way more involved than like improv or stand up. And if you get emotionally attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. You like go in the trenches with it, you know? It's not like every night it, it's like a relationship. Not every night is beautiful or like good even. Like right. there are some shitty times where you remember whatever, but right. like people sitting in the audience or like god forbid a fringe odd cuz they're older in the fringe audiences, someone like literally asleep <laughs> watching the show sure. and it's like okay, but that's just part of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. I mean, um, I don't know, 
are they like falling like if you do ember fringe you'll probably you have to perform at a lot of weird times i wonder are they falling asleep at like 3 p.m or something oh god well i think the edinburgh fringe is completely different sure. i think it's a little cooler so there's like there are older audiences the older audiences are great too seeing them there it's just it's not great when they're falling asleep no or, like, or looking through their program it's like oh my god you're not watching tv you're watching theater dude like can you just chill with that for 45 more minutes you know they want to read every word intently on the program yeah it's like okay you could have done that in the cafe why are you here yeah uh-huh. right my uh, Edinburgh fringe slot is at 11 10 p.m. every damn. yeah so i'm really excited really really nice. excited nice um what do you aim to do just more like are you going to actually have a trilogy of solo shows that you'll perform in a row or you know do you want to build a, out your own clown theater i mean, i don't know i don't want to ask you a leading question even though i kind of already did yeah um i mean no <laughs> i don't want to make my own theater i love it i love it but maybe that's like my own hero's journey with it of like i'm not interested in that and then it's like but you have to it's like i don't i don't know i don't want to do that i want to be on set more right now i love being on set i love um being part of people's film projects i miss go that see a lot. wine club everybody thank you yeah that was so it was so fun like that, and they did it right with the two cameras recording the whole time so we could just improvise and do weird stuff. And it wasn't a problem. It was like celebrated. Um, yeah, I want to do more film stuff. I want to keep doing my shows. I have a lot of fun with that. I want to have more time to go to the beach. I want to. Uh-huh. Um, oh, the Joe Schmo show thing is going to come out this year. Right. So that'll be cool. Hopefully that's something. <laughs> hopefully hopefully yeah, yeah. no it'll be a fart in the wind we have no idea um but yeah would love to just still get more opportunities to, to make it more livable you know to keep doing this this right. art stuff yeah because it's definitely not a traditional path you've taken yeah, yeah. none of us not. even though as we said at the top of the pod like clown's been around for ever in different ways so yeah it's still like the way to make it your living is strange yeah it's totally non-linear and it can be really uncomfortable at times those things because like you're dealing with like why did i do this why did i do this to myself <laughs> and you're like because I love it. That's why. Yeah. I mean, that's almost any corner of comedy. I mean, until I got that, until I became artistic director of Lyric, I mean, often was like the case where I would think, like, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. Like, I do so much work. For what? Yeah, it's not very glamorous doing like the production elements and sometimes it's like thankless, you know, so thank you for all that you've you've done for 13 years, right? 14? 13? Yeah, going on 14, yeah, it's 13 years going on 14. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's those little steps like behind the scenes mm -hmm. where no one's congratulating you and like that's what gets it. So, right. yeah. Natasha, you want to do some comedy news? Yeah. Let's do some comedy news. Uh, biggest news item of the day. The Daily Show, after sort of, uh, you know, kind of teasing and not teasing and wondering what's going to go on between the exit of their former host, Trevor Noah, and two strikes from major entertainment unions have finally decided that Jon Stewart will return as the host, kind of, of The Daily Show. One day a week, he will come in on Mondays to lead off the week, and then the rest of the correspondents will rotate in hosting the other episodes for the rest of the week. Um, there was talk of 
Hassan Minhaj coming back to host the show. And then that New Yorker thing came out, even though it's kind of been debunked, so to speak. And I don't know, something strikes me as very intriguing with John coming back in, in an election year, considering yeah. he left during in another another election year where a certain fuckface was running for president. Yeah, I, I mean, I think another hero's journey. We mm -hmm. just, we want him. We, yeah, he's yeah. coming back to the zeitgeist, so. Right. But, I mean, at the same, I mean, I think it's asking John too much to be like, save the country. Like, when that wasn't his job. No, no, no. I But then, then again, you can't ever go into something being like, I'm going to save the country. Right. Because then you, you won't. Right. You won't. But he, like, when he left, undoubtedly a bunch of people felt, like, abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get you leaving, but why now? Why now, John? Yeah. But that was part of our journey. To be like, well, why did we need him, you know? Uh-huh. How, how far does the rabbit hole go, Natasha? I think... Oh, do you want to know? Yeah! Now, okay. I think... We are, I think the God force in this life is nature. And I think we are like every flower, every plant, right? That is something that nature wants to express. That is like their little painting. That's their little journal entry. That's their little love letter to existence. And so I think humans are created for nature's desire to ask the question, why? And so we bloom and we ask it why, and then we die. And I think like all of the nastiness too that comes with it, I think that's nature, just that force that like needs to express that thing. Um, and yeah, I think if nature teaches us these weird lessons in this way, cause it's something that it's like, it just wants to express like their emo phase or like their preppy phase, you know? Uh -huh. Like that's just what we are to nature. Uh -huh humans are nature's emo preppy phase <laughs> emo hearing? and preppy phase and jock phase <laughs> uh -huh. and yeah all those phases that's what right. yes right oh so, does does that make sense in context it does it does it's abstract it's abstract but i wish it were that simple if that makes sense i don't know for me my friend Aristotle Atari put it um, kind of nicely. He thinks of the universe, everything, conceptually, metaphorically, as a wind. And the wind blows as the wind blows. And it is on you to interpret as it blows, whether it's good or bad. But that isn't inferring any intention on the wind's part. It just blows. Yeah. And for some people it's good and some people it's bad. It just happens as is. Um but you have to make your own peace with it. I feel like it's that's more simple than what I said, even. Uh maybe. maybe. That for sure is more simple. And I think that's um, beautiful. Because yeah. it's all perceived good and perceived bad. Yeah. No one likes to think of themselves as a villain or even someone who self-identifies as a villain. They're still the main character in their story. Yeah. Um, so they have to keep existing. Yeah. No, and people, it's just part of the human experience to sort of act like with your own design. <laughs> That's something I'm working on in therapy is acting more for myself because I don't do that enough. Yeah. 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 Which is really weird because I'm a stand-up. I well yeah that is what do they say they say if you have daddy issues you become a painter who who's right? saying this okay wait wait if you have daddy issues you become a writer if you have mommy issues you become a painter if you have both you become a performer <laughs> interesting well you know I guess I technically well, yeah that makes sense because I <laughs> Don't even know who my birth father is, and I was abandoned when I was nine years old. Yeah. yeah, just casual. Hey, yeah. I'm there with you. Let's go. Let's freaking go. <laughs> yeah. But it's really strange because, like, 15 years ago, I wanted nothing to do with comedy whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. You're stepping didn't. into your power. That's good. Oh, sure. Oh, for sure. And I thought I would actually end up performing way less having doing doing more stuff now behind the scenes. But that's actually not true. I think I've like performed more on book shows than I ever have. I always think creativity begets more creativity. It's like right. this infinite source. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense I, to me. Yeah. That, and I wonder how that's going to feed into Jon Stewart returning. And then only being there, not leading, not hosting night in, night out, but just one day a week. And then the correspondence sort of yeah. switching. What do you, How do you feel about it? you glad for him returning? I really like him. My husband's a really, really big fan of him. Yeah. And... I mean, uh, you know, people can balk at this, but he was kind of the voice of a generation. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he has a lovely voice. I think he stayed very flexible and um i think yeah i think it it will bring a lot of people joy too so right. it's gonna be really tough yeah so any little thing we can get i'm like thank god you know absolutely um we shall see coming up later this year on comedy central uh next slash last item of news the oscar uh nominations were announced this week um, there's a lot to be said about Greta Gerwig not garnering a Best Directing nomination, which is uh, in so many ways wrong. <laughs> um, but I pointed this out off pod, and I don't know if this is being talked about or not. There are four comedies nominated for Best Picture: uh, Poor Things, American Fiction, Barbie, and The Holdovers. And I think. Without any close second, that is the most comedies that have been ever nominated for so this picture. And these are yeah. like out and out comedies. Yeah. I mean, there's dramatic elements in a lot of them, but like, um, I think everything yeah. everywhere all at once might have broken the seal in comedy not being a second class citizen. That they had. I love it. Yeah. Comedy's hard, you know? Comedy's very hard. They you say, have- uh, they, they also say, they also say, you, um, and, a clown or an actor. Wait, wait, wait. They say if you're a good clown, you can be a good actor. But if you're a good actor, it doesn't mean you can be a good clown. Right. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And poor things was so fucking good. Yeah, it was. Amazing. Obsessed. Like yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so fucking good. So yeah. I loved everything about it. And I like that there, so there's, with those four nominees, there's a great sort of spectrum as to what you can see in the scope of comedy, what it can be. Totally, yes. American fiction is very grounded, although it's very satirical and very sharp, but Poor Things is like otherworldly. Oh my God, my favorite, yeah. 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 My favorite movie ever is Big Fish. And Poor Things reminded me a lot of that movie. For sure. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. I feel like the score for Poor Things could fit in Big Fish. What'd you say? The score for Poor Things could fit in Big Fish? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Ugh, so good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, well, hopefully a comedy will win. I don't know that there's like a clear front runner this year. Um, we shall see. But yeah. it is interesting that that much comedy. Normally, in in my just being alive, comedy is, was resorted to like original screenplay. Yeah, but things have been changing. That's I cool. mean, the world is so absurd. Like it is comedy's time. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's um without knowing it, we're all in a mode of gallows humor. Yeah. There's nothing left but to laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we have. That's all we have. Thank you so much for joining me on the pond today, Natasha. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we're ending with this very existential, yeah. Little yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Just like the last Tooney Loans, where yeah. is, why do why do we exist? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
is perfect. Where can people find you online? Is there anything you would like to put? Yeah. Um, you can follow my Instagram, Champagne Tashi. And I have a little link tree in my bio. And I also have a link to subscribe to my email list if you want to stay abreast of soft clown classes or recommendations or show updates. Um, and yeah, come to my show at the Lyric next week. Absolutely. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at the at the Comedy Bureau across socials. Me on Instagram at not the supermarket. Come to the Lyric Hyperion. I program it. Uh, lots of great stuff, including Natasha's show and shows that she is directing. Um, so many great causes to support this time. I ask that you please support those. But if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it going. And do you have anything to say as we sign up here in Natasha? Yay. Yeah. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, simple. Yeah. Um, live comedy is happening. Comedy of all kinds is happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Aww. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Granillo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.